You see, we're trying to spend some time at the beginning of this year imagining what God could do in our life. And, and I'm challenging you to, to dream big and to think big uh, because God's got great power. And God wants the best for you. And, and the truth is, before it's going to happen, you've got to see it. If you think life in 2018 is just going to be a repeat of 2017, that's probably what's going to happen. So I want you to imagine today we're going to get more specific. We're going to get get down on the more practical level. As you imagine big, today I want, before you leave this place, that you imagine simply your next step. If we keep it too big... It may not happen. I love the old Japanese proverb, vision without action is a daydream. Action without vision is a nightmare. So if God gives you the vision and you take these action steps, we can have something really wonderful. Because as we dream about who we could be, we find out there's a a great distance between the reality of where I am right now and actually where I want to be. And so in between this reality, if it's going to become true, I've got to take some, some action steps. I've got to have a, a next step. You see, if I dream about being a, a pianist, I could sit and go, wow, I can visualize myself on the stage playing the piano. But that will get me nowhere unless I go for some lessons and do some things. You know, I, I used to visualize, believe it or not, being a bodybuilder, you know, you know, you, you, you visualize looking like that, but, but you know if you, you don't put the action steps in, it's not going to happen. And we can visualize all these wonderful things spiritually that, that I'm going to be a warrior for God, that, that I'm going to represent God everywhere I go. You can visualize that your, your marriage is going to be a long-lasting, uh, lifetime marriage. You can visualize you're going to be a better parent. You can visualize you can go to work and, and live it out for Jesus. But I'm telling you guys, just having that vision with that great distance is discouraging. Number, number one, you get discouraged and you want to give up because you're focusing on the distance. I'm so far from being this. On the other hand, you might also give up and quit because you've taken a couple of steps and, and you failed. And so you say, well, you know, I tried once and it didn't work, so, so I'm just going to live a low life and forget dreaming. So today I'm challenging you to take those steps. And I want us to learn from a man who understands this as well as anybody in the Bible who, who might have been discouraged and gave up because he took some steps and he failed. And that's Simon Peter. So I invite you to turn in your Bible to 2 Peter chapter 1. It, it, it's a great, great passage here where, where Peter's going to remind us of what motivates us and the power that we have to change and then steps that we need to take. Start with me in verse 3. There's some big words here, powerful words. His divine power has given us, listen to this, everything we need for a godly life. Because the, the question is not whether you have the power to live the godly life. The question is, will you tap it? We have this power through our knowledge of him who called us by his glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. If you come in here today and and you are addicted to some things, you're in some relationships you shouldn't be in, some bad things have happened in your life, Peter, who understands it, says, you can get out of that. Why? Because God, 
believes that you can have the divine nature. The only one who 100% encapsulated the divine nature of God was Jesus Christ. He was 100% God. And so what the Scripture promises us here is because of this power and because of these promises that we can experience the divine nature, that you could become more and more like Jesus. So he says, we got everything we need. And then he starts telling us some things we can do. Look at verse, verse 5. For this very reason, well, what's he pointing back to? Because we know it's not if, it's that God's going to do it. Because we have this kind of power, then we need to start doing things. You say, well, I thought God said he had already given us everything we needed. He has. But my brothers and sisters, it's not going to happen unless you access it. God's not going to force you today to take that step that you're going to dream of. Oh, he'll give you the power to do it. He'll fulfill your life. But he says, you've got to make some effort. In fact, he says, make every effort. And then he makes a list to add to your faith goodness. And to goodness, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. What's he saying? I want you to start growing in the image of Jesus. But it's a growth process. Here's some really encouraging words. Verse 8. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, listen to me, listen to me. God's not expecting perfection out of you or me today. What he is expecting, if you're going to make progress, is that you get headed in the right direction. He says if you have these things in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind. Some of us stand here and we think we're just going to keep being the same old people. We're nearsighted and blind. We don't remember the power, he says, forgetting they have been cleansed from their past sins. My friends, if God can take care of your sins, he can take care of your life. And then he keeps promising some great things. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you, listen to this, if you do these things, you will never stumble. See, some of us think the Christian life is just an up and down, I got to stumble and I got to fall. No, he says, and, and remember who's saying this, it's the guy who stumbles more than anybody else in the Bible. It's Simon Peter, but he says, you know what? If you'll start heading in the right direction, if you'll live in the power of God, you can live a life where you will never stumble and you will receive a welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What a, what a powerful passage. And what I want you to see from that is that Peter understands that, that for you to get from your reality to God's vision for you, that you've got to take some steps. And today I want to introduce you to some extremely specific steps. Now what we're actually looking at is a book that the leadership of this church, many of us have been reading, called Move. And I'm going to try to encapsulate it in 30 minutes. And it comes out of something called the Reveal Study. And, and, and what the Reveal Study was about, it was about a mega church in California, not California, Chicago, who, man, they'd exploded to 20, 30,000 members. And they begin to question, you know, are our people really growing into the likeness of Jesus? Are they loving God and they loving people better? And they came up with a survey to try to find that out and to look at that. And so they surveyed their church and they got back the results and it was quite alarming. They had all these people, but it didn't appear they were really growing. So they then began to research what are the things among our people that are growing that really help them grow. And this was the beginning of a movement about 15 years ago. 
To, to this point, about a quarter of a million Christians have taken this survey. Over a thousand churches have gone through this. And they have found out what are the stages of spiritual growth and how do you move from one stage to the other. And that's what I want to introduce you to today. Because I want you to see yourself, but more than just see where you are, I want you to see only your next step, okay? The first stage are people that are exploring Christ. They believe in God, but they're not so sure about living their life for Jesus. They show up at church, but they're just sort of looking at it. Now, there's two groups of people in this category. Those are the active seekers. Those are the ones of you that are here today, and you're really wanting to figure this thing out. Um, You hear all this Jesus stuff, and you want to know if it's for real. And I thank you for being here. There's another group here that I would call the passive attenders. Uh, You started coming maybe because your spouse or a friend, and you're here, but you've not really accepted the claims of Jesus yet, and and you've not surrendered your life to him. And so you're here, but you're just rather passive, okay? Because you're not so sure about it. That's all right. Now, the next step are people who move from exploring Christ to growing in Christ, okay? And, And these are the people who have come to the conviction that Jesus is the Son of God. And they have given their life to Him. And they're becoming very active in church. They, they, they begin to participate in Bible studies and small groups and service and all these kind of things. And, and, and the focus of their spiritual life at this point is, is church because that's what's transforming them. And um, they are very dependent on church. In fact, this second category of growing in Christ are a little bit insecure about going out in the world. You're insecure about going to school and standing up for your faith. You're insecure about making a statement about Jesus at work. And so these, these are, they're growing, but it, it's very church-based. Reminds me of that old movie. Y'all remember Hoosiers? I love that movie. It's about that, that small town called Hickory in Indiana, and they, they had this basketball team. They're like a, a 1A school, and they make it to the finals to play a 7A school. It's just been a miraculous season, and Gene Hackman's their coach in the movie. They finally get to Indianapolis, though, for the, the championship, and he can tell that his, his kids' eyes are glazed over by this incredible facility at Butler University, and, and they're just intimidated and scared to be on this, this big stage. And so Hackman does something really great. He takes a tape measure out. He asks one of the kids to hold it on the floor. He gets a ladder. He brings it up to the goal. He said, great day, guys. It's 10 feet here. And then he measures the court, and he says, it's crazy. This court is the same size as back in Hickory. You don't have to play any different here than you play there. And that's what's going on with this second group. They've got to realize that they can play big outside of this setting, okay? And that brings us to the next stage. And these are the people that are actually close to Christ. And the transition here is that they now are developing more of a personal relationship with Jesus. If you would ask them, they would say, I really feel close to God. Our our second group would probably say, hey, I really love my church and it's helping me, but uh, um, it's hard for me to live it outside of here. This next group is becoming more comfortable with their faith being out of these walls. And and, and what they are doing now is, is they're beginning to practice 
specific spiritual practices in their life. They're beginning to do things not necessarily on a church basis, but on an individual basis. And, and now they're beginning to be more comfortable living their faith outside of the arena. And they're even starting to share their faith. And so that, that's the, the close to Christ. And then the fourth stage is those that are Christ-centered. And you say, well, what's the difference? That all sounds pretty good. These people are beginning to deny themselves. They're beginning to say, you know what? The most important thing in every area of my life is for me to be obedient to God. I want God's Scripture to inform everything I do. It's not an if or or. It's not culture. It's what does the Word of God say about it. And so their life begins to be a life of self-denial. In fact, they make this transition. Where most of us live our Christian life out, celebrating and focusing on what God is doing for us, that's not bad. These people aren't focusing on what's being done for them by God or the church. They're focusing on what they could do for God. They don't come to judge and analyze. They come to go, you know what? I'm here on a ministry. They go to their neighborhood. You see, by this fourth category, these people back here, one of the great steps for them is they start serving in church. These people in category four are not only serving in church, they're actually serving their community. It's like what we talked about in the shift series a few months ago. They're beginning to, to see their ministries not in this building so much as it's in their neighborhood. It's in their workplace. It's in their school. And so we see an amazing transformation here. Now, here's what I want to challenge you to do right now, and I hope you've been thinking about it already. Don't think about anybody else. Which of those stages do you think you're in? I tell you, I wish I was that Christ-centered self. I, I don't think I'm there. I, I would probably put myself in the close to Christ. Man, I love Jesus. I have an ongoing conversation with him, and that's sort of a sign. But where are you? And, and right now, please understand this. The issue today is not where you are. It's okay wherever you are. The issue is that next step. So, so where would you put yourself in this? Now, here's what I think is going to help us. How do you move from one category to the next, okay? So if, if you come here today and, and you're in that exploring Christ place and, and you want to move past that, what's got to happen? This person has got to come to a conviction. Here's their, the first move. They've got to come to a conviction of who Jesus is. You need to look deep in Scripture and maybe even Christian apologetics and, and say, is, is this really the Son of God? And, and for this person to transition to growing in Christ, church is a really big part. Church is the main part of this transition. This person, their steps are they start coming to worship instead of once a month, they start coming regularly. They join a small group. They came an hour earlier to go to a Bible class. They've never done that before. They start volunteering to serve in the church. Their spiritual catalyst to move from stage one to stage two is very centered on what happens here. And so many of you, that's what you need to do. Now, when you get to the, the growing in Christ, how, how do you move to the close to Christ? Here's our, here's our second move. This move from research is primarily about spiritual practices on your own. We're, we're back here, it's, it's pretty dependent on church. Right here, your spiritual life is becoming more and more dependent on what you do. You're starting to read your Bible. You're starting to pray. 
that you're starting to tithe. You're starting to do those spiritual disciplines that God says will mold you, okay? And so now you are beginning to walk close to Christ. It, it, your relationship is not about, man, I go to a cool church and I love that. That's a part of it. Now it's like, man, Jesus is with me everywhere I go. We're in this ongoing conversation. And uh, you know what? And now I'm beginning to be bolder outside these walls because I didn't leave Jesus here. I took him with me. And, and then you say, well, what is the transition to that, that final step? This is when your mindset has got to change from this is for me and hadn't God been awesome to me. That's good. To you know what? God's been so awesome to me. Now I want to follow him in everything. And one of the great transitions here is this person begins to live under the authority of Scripture in every area of their life. They don't have those blind spots where they go, you know, I know the Bible says this, but I really like doing this. I mean, and so now every corner of their life and their mind, they're not perfect, but it's dominated by Christ. There, 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 there's no closed door to some closet. There, there's no division about how they live at church and how they live at work and how they live at home. It's all integrated. So I want you to start thinking about what is your next move? Now, if I could make this real, I think you could, I think you could take these three moves and you could apply them to a friendship or, or even your marriage. That's probably what happens more often than not. But, 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 but stage one would be you're an acquaintance with person. The, the move toward a friendship is you start going to lunch together every once in a while. Or you, you go to a ball game together. You, you go hunting. Or you, you go to a movie together. You, you start doing some activities together, and, 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 and the friendship really begins. But then the next move for it to become close is not only you do things together, but you start sharing. You tell them about some of the things you struggle with. You tell them about your victories and your defeats. You know, the lunch becomes a little bit deeper than just talking about the latest football game or the latest movie you went to. You start talking about real-life things, and that, that's how you become close. And then finally, the final move is it's not just about an activity or about meeting for lunch or going hunting or going to that movie together. It's not about an activity. You now begin to share life together. You know about your friend's family. You know about their rhythms in life and what's going on with them. And so now you're walking through life together. That's the transition we're talking about. You go from being an acquaintance to Jesus to someone who you're spending a little time with him. And before long, you're spending a lot of time with him and you're beginning to tell him and beginning to be honest with him. And, and God's not distant. And, and before long now, you and God are walking through life together. Those are the transitions we're talking about. Now let me mention a couple things before we come to the conclusion. Here's some things they noticed in this study. This was an extensive study. First of all, and you may have picked up on this, church activities are a stronger influence on spiritual growth earlier in the process. Later in the process, personal spiritual practices are more uh, impactful in your growth. Now, this is something that I love as a preacher. The survey said that everyone in church who's one of these four categories wants to be challenged. They don't want to come to church and just be patted on the back and say, you're okay. Man, I love that, okay? 
So now, now I, I know what my job is. In fact, in churches where people are really growing, now listen to this, the leadership of the church is uncompromising about discipleship, relentless in pushing and pursuing people, and they spend most of their time inspiring and equipping and encouraging people to take that next step. Now, a couple of major factors, these are two things that go across the whole spectrum. A catalyst for spiritual growth all across the spectrum is service. Now, back here, it's primarily service in the church. So if you're just attending right now, one of the best steps you could take is to say, hey, how can I help? Uh, later here, it expands to service in our community and in, in your neighborhood, but wherever you are, service is one of the most transformative things that you can do. But let me give you a sentence that says what they found out was the absolute most impactful thing. Here we go. Nothing has a greater impact than reflection on Scripture. That was their result. You know, we've heard all our life, read your Bible, read your Bible, you need to read your Bible, aren't you reading your Bible? We've all felt guilty about reading your Bible, you know, or not reading our Bible, you know. But, but listen, guys, why it's said so much is because we can't get over the fact, and now research proves it, that that is just an amazing part of your spiritual growth. And it's not just reading your Bible, it's actually reading the Bible and reflecting on your life in view of what God's done. So you might be back here, and, 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 and man, you, you just need to find a nice little devotional five-minute deal, and you reflect on that, and, and later, I mean, you, you start just reading straight through the Scripture, and later you're spending a good bit of time, but, but you, are, you are reflecting on Scripture. So one of the best things I can say to you today is, if you're really serious about being transformed in the image of Jesus Christ, it's not going to happen without Scripture. That's why our Bible classes are important. But let me go ahead and say this. What's found in this survey is that, that just church activities are not as impactful on their own. It's got to be matched with your time with God. In fact, one of the preachers that's quoted in this, this book says to his church almost every week, here's the truth, I can't read your Bible for you. Nobody can do it. So here's my question as we begin to conclude. What is your next step? I want you to dream big. I want us as a church to think, man, what could God do through us? But what you need to decide today is what's your next step. So I want to challenge you just like the survey said. If, if you're someone that's exploring Christ and, and you're pretty new here and, and you've got some questions, get with us. Ask somebody. That's why our ministry staff's here. I mean, ask somebody, say, you know, why do you believe this thing? Why are you giving your life to this Jesus character? Now, I've got to give you a warning here, too. There's a big danger in those that are exploring Christ who are passive attenders in church. This is what they found out. The longer you come to church and don't commit your life to Jesus, the less likely you ever will. Wow. So if you're that person, I want to challenge you. It's not what you can do with me. It's not what you can do with Landmark. What are you going to do with Jesus? And then, you know, if, if you find yourself right now and, and you're growing in Christ, and, you know, one of the great steps that you can take to get here is 
Maybe this is the year you start getting here in time for Bible class. Maybe you see one of these new small groups we've listed or the big group, and you start becoming a part of that. That's what's going to help you start growing in Christ. Church can be a big part of that. That's why we're here. Because at first, the catalyst is what we do together. But if you want to move beyond that, and this is what our next message series is going to be about, is you, you need to start practicing those individual daily things in your life. And then maybe right now, you know, you don't read your Bible at all, and you start off with five minutes a day. Or, or, or maybe you do it three out of seven days, and you go to five out of seven. But you, you just start reading, and you start praying, and you start spending time in solitude where you're listening for the voice of God. And then finally, and this is the one we hadn't talked about much, we got to get over ourselves and decide my life's not dependent on you encouraging me, you liking me, or I liking everything that goes on in church. What, what, what I want is I want just to go out and I want to please God in every area of my life. And no longer is our crazy culture and all their wildness and materialism and selfishness the, the standard. It is now the Word of God. So I've tried to give you some ideas that's not exhaustive. But I ask you one more time, what is your next step? Is it that friendship that you need to develop and take to a spiritual level? Is it being consistent in your small group? Is it serving somebody? So, so all I'm asking today, because we, we want to get over here, but it always starts with the first step. And here's what I want to say today. Guys, we need to celebrate our first steps. In fact, you need to celebrate every step you take in this process. You know, one of the most discouraging things is I think, until I'm this mature, full-blown Christian, I really can't be excited. No, 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 no. If you take one step today, you know what? I mean, you know, if you're trying to teach a kid how to play baseball and they can't hit the ball, and you're a good coach, the first time they make contact with the ball, you, you go crazy. You're so excited. Second time, they may hit a foul ball, but, man, you celebrate it. Third time, when they really connect, you, you celebrate every step that kid makes. And it, 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 if you're here and you're newly married, you say, you know what? I want to have a lifetime marriage. I want to be married. I want to celebrate our 50th anniversary. Now, listen to me. People who celebrate their 50th anniversary, I will guarantee you this. It's not the first time they've celebrated their marriage. How about the husband says, well, I'm glad we're married, but we're not going to celebrate it until we make it to 50 years. Just say, no, no, no. I guarantee you they've made it because they celebrated their first anniversary, their second, their 10th, the 20th. All along the way, when they stopped arguing so much, they celebrated it, you know. When they got in the same page together, they celebrated it. As they begin to love each other more, they celebrated it along the way. You've got to celebrate if I, if, if I had my way today, and I'm not doing this, but, but I would love if I could get everybody to stand up who's, who's taken any kind of step for God over the last year. I know there's lots of you. I mean, any kind of step. You know what we need to do and help me do is let's celebrate and thank God for every step that's been taken over the last year. Let's give him a hand, okay? And what I'm saying to you is that what you need to do and we need to do as a church is we need to celebrate every step. It's every step. You know, you, you're sober for a week. Well, you celebrate it. 
You read your Bible twice next week. We celebrate it. You showed up at that small group even though you were scared. We celebrate it. Because when we celebrate it, that says, ooh, man, that feels good. Let's take another step. In fact, let me say this, guys. Often the first step is the toughest one, right? I mean, ask Simon Peter again. Let's go back to our character, Peter. If anybody understands this, I mean, we give Peter a hard time because he walked on water and he sunk. But let's, let's at least stop and acknowledge something. There's only two people in the history of the world who've ever walked on water, Jesus Christ and Simon Peter. Amen? And, and, and what I imagine is the, the, the hardest step for him was that first step over the side of that boat. But he did it. It deserves to be recognized, even though he didn't do it perfectly. And, and for you today, let me say, guys, it's the first step. And the first step might be, not necessarily, it might be coming to this front row. It might be when we sing in just a moment that, that you're that explorer and, and, and you do believe Jesus is the Son of God and you're ready to surrender your life to him and be baptized. That'd be awesome and we'll celebrate it. It might be that, that you see these things and you've been stagnant. This is Al said, you don't have to stay stuck. And the best thing you can do to get unstuck is to let the church know that you want to be different and say, I, I need your prayers and I need your love and we'll surround you on this front row and you can mark this day as the day where you took a first step toward Jesus. Again, the, the first step's the toughest. And right now you might want to hold on the back of that pew or the first thing you better do when we stand up and sing is step out or you'll talk yourself out of it. And if that can help you today, man, we'd embrace that and we'd pray for you. Come right now while we stand together and sing.